Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello and welcome to Extra Time, a web-only sports program from Radio New Zealand Sport. I'm Joe Porter. In the program this week, we hear from New Zealand football chairman Frank Van Hattam about where Halberg Award winners the All Whites go from here. We talk to perennial battlers the Pulse ahead of the opening of the Trans-Tasman Netball Championship this weekend. We ask the coast-to-coast multi-sport event organiser why he decided to race this year. We preview next week's kick-off of the Super Rugby competition. And Roa Mahe Drysdale talks about his burning desire to win Olympic gold. New Zealand football scooped the Halberg Awards this week with the All Whites winning Team of the Year and then taking the Supreme Award while Ricky Herbert was named Coach of the Year. Now is the time for New Zealand football to make the most of their profile after the 2010 FIFA World Cup, something that they couldn't achieve after the 82 campaign. The national body was rewarded with a financial injection believed to be around $10 million for qualifying for South Africa. Barry Guy spoke with Chairman Frank Van Hattam about where they go from here, but started with what was a big night for them at the Halberg Awards. It's a very exciting time for the players and for everyone that's been supporting football for the years. But uh, it, it, and this debate will always rage on these things. I mean, how can you judge between different sports and different eras and all the other stuff? But uh, it was just a celebration of sport. And I think people should keep that in mind rather than take entrenched positions about, you know, the merits or otherwise. Clearly, the uh, All Whites last year uh, mobilised the country. We all had a great experience, you know, and that's just all sports. Um, and so it's fantastic to be recognised and, uh, you know, it, it's just about actually giving the sport profile and credibility, and it has been, as you say, a continuation of a, a pretty much an 18-month uh, journey where there's been some extreme highs and uh, not not very many lows. And that profile is important, I mean, because you've moved on from the World Cup now. You obviously want to keep that going, don't you? Oh, without a doubt. I mean, you know, we've always said there's no shortage of people and kids wanting to play football, and just to have a few more heroes to aim, you know, aim for and... Uh, and to keep kids motivated is wonderful, and that's good for New Zealand. If any kid playing sport, and we can just keep them in the game, keep them motivated, then uh, you know it's good for their health and uh, and good for everybody. So, yeah, we've got some great programs to keep the uh, kids motivated and uh, and football up there in lights. Will we replicate the uh, the joyous scenes of the last 80 months? Maybe not. It's a hard act to follow, but um, you know there's those goals and aspirations and. Uh, and people have seen what's possible. And uh, every now and then, there'll be something great happen, you know, a moment of magic that the public can get involved in. If we can keep that going, uh, you know, that's good for everybody. So uh, the money that you'd set aside for uh, the continuing promotion and running of the game in New Zealand, I mean, is that started to, to be put into place and used, is it? Oh, without a doubt. I mean, one of the things we've always said, and, and, and football was on the bones of its bum there for a while, we were technically bankrupt, uh, now we've got some funds going forward. That's allowed us to make some decent plans. There's a whole new football plan being rolled out right across the game about how we're going to develop kids going forward in a more organised way. The thing we can do is plan with a bit more certainty, 
we've set up a football foundation where uh, it's you know designed to uh, bring in new money to the game from benefactors and uh, and various programs such as Sports Saver where kids can uh, you know be signed on for Kiwi Saver. That money will go forward to keep developing the game and uh, and, and the programs that are needed to uh, to keep keep us in light. Uh, I know with my daughter, my registrations at the moment. Are you taking any particular interest, or does it have a bearing with what you know the registrations will be like for junior football uh, in the next month or so? Yes, well, the you know, reports coming through that they're well up, and um, and the biggest challenge facing all sports is actually facilities and and, and making sure these kids get the experiences they deserve, and uh, so that's what the plans have been all about. Is you know we're doing some grounds, uh, extra grounds, working with councils. Um, you know we're always reliant on the weather. Uh, but it is actually taking you know, girls, especially. There's a hell of a lot more girls wanting to play football. Great opportunities for them. Uh, numbers are up, and like I say, the football plans that we're putting in place are, are designed to actually make sure that not only it's a, it's not about numbers only, it's about the quality of the experiences these kids get. And um, you know, we're pretty confident we've got enough uh, products and uh, and opportunities out there for kids and uh, and any any age and walk of life to come through and have an experience that uh, you know, keeps them in the game. And obviously, the profile of the top team has to, or top teams, has to continue also because that's sort of the uh, the the window front, really, isn't it? Shop front. Oh, without a, without a doubt, and that's you know this is that credibility thing, you know, and, and and the all whites have just you know captured the imagination of the public, and it won't happen on every game I and mean, every year, you know, there'll be highs and there'll be lows, but uh, when you, we've got to keep slowly going forward, we've got to keep playing them and, and within the confines of. Uh, of the season and then where players come from, but yeah, we've got two games coming up. For example, at the end of April, uh, end of March against China and Japan. So, you know, we'll have a moment where those games are on TV and kids can look at it and see their all white heroes and on the big screen. And then later on in the year, we'll bring them back. So, yeah, they need a, a top team. We've got the girls going to a World Cup in Germany. That'll be some high profile. And uh, we've got some kids going to a World Cup in Mexico and hopefully Colombia. So, there's plenty for kids to aim for and aspire to, and to keep the game in lights. And that's good for our sponsors, who, who are many now and uh, and uh, well-deserving that they're getting recognised as well. So, yeah, it all comes together as one big picture. The fourth season of the Trans-Tasman Netball Competition gets underway this Sunday and the Wellington-based Pulse is one team determined not to be left behind again. The Pulse has only recorded two wins in the history of the competition, which pits the best of Australian and New Zealand netball sides against each other. Bridget Tunnicliffe talked to Pulse captain and Silver Ferns defender Katrina Grant about their pre-season preparations. Started back training uh, around January the 10th. So the girls have been together since then, and we had our first pre season tournament last weekend in Queenstown. We played five games. And um, yeah, so it's been full on since January the 10th. And how did you go at that tournament? Uh, the girls did really well. They came, oh, we came, I was only there for one day, but they came second. So second out of the Steel Tactics and Firebirds, which is pretty darn good. Yeah, that must um, be a promising sign for you guys then for the season. Yeah, it is, and it's, it's a good confidence booster as well. Um, playing five games in three days as well as against tough opposition and um, only losing one game right at the end is a, it's pretty good for our confidence and um, hopefully good for the season. I think it's been felt that the Pulse have um, not had quite the number of experienced players that other sides have had, but you've got um, uh, a few new additions. Do you think that's going to put you on the right foot? Our new additions um, and Vic and Caitlin uh, bring up the leadership and the experience within the team and it's kind of something we've lacked in the past and hopefully this year with that extra experience and a bit of youth that can um, I know, 
be a good thing for us. Was it a bit frustrating for you last year? I mean, you were one of the senior players. Was it frustrating for you having lots of losses and perhaps not being able to rely on team members quite as much as you would say in the Silver Ferns? It definitely is um, difficult losing. There's no doubt about it. It is frustrating and um, it's very hard to week in, week out to pick yourself back up and um, go into the next game with belief and confidence, especially when just you kind of get in the spiral down roll system of losing. So um, hopefully this year people are going to, you know, self-responsibility is a big one. And, you know, everyone's worked really hard over the summer. And with a new experience plus the youth coming in together, um, playing as one rather than having those big names that every other team have got, um, hopefully that will, you know, be in our best interest. Okay, remind us, when's your first game? The 19th of February at the... Home of the Pulse and Porirua uh, against the Mystics. I suppose you're hoping that this year is it. This is the year that the Pulse will be forced to be reckoned with in the competition. Well, definitely this is um, going to be a stepping stone year. You know, um, we don't want to put too much pressure on ourselves. As in last year, people people up top were kind of saying, you know, top four, top two. And this year we need to go into... Go into the year knowing, you know, one game at a time, not looking too far ahead as where we think we're going to make the finals because sometimes it's just unrealistic and we need to, you know, build ourselves up slowly or those are just going to come crashing down like last year. So this year is definitely um, a year for us to improve and show that we can win definitely more than one, two, even more than three games would be would be great. And just looking at the other teams in the competition, do you have a sort of a pick or two of who will be the main challengers? Oh, yeah, it's definitely a tough one. So many people have moved around this year. That um, The Aussie teams, there's two, the Vixens and the Swifts, are very strong in Aussie. And then, uh, you know, there's a lot of strong players in, uh, in New Zealand as well, so it's going to be very tough. The 29th running of the Coast to Coast is on this weekend, and once again it'll be a hotly contested race from Kumara on the west coast to Sumner on the east coast of the South Island. There is plenty of interest in the two-day event with the race director Robin Judkins competing for the very first time. He first thought of the 240km cycle, mountain bike and kayak race way back in 1980. Fittingly, the man who created the Spades Coast to Coast has teamed up with the event's greatest champion, Steve Gurney. Barry Guy asked Judkins why he decided to compete this time round? Oh, uh, <laughs> that came about last year. I, I broke my leg in June and uh, as part of the process, uh, I decided, <laughs> of rehabilitation, I decided it was a good idea to uh, to do the Space Coast to Coast myself this year. So in uh, September, I announced that I was going to do it and told everybody that uh, by email that I was doing it with Steve Gurney as my partner and then uh, and that's how Steve found out that he was my partner in the race. But it's been great. The preparation has been superb, and I must say it's been a fantastic way of getting my leg back into shape. Um, and I've been, uh, I've been working on it quite seriously. <laughs> lost a lot of weight, lost six kilos, and, and feeling pretty good. So you've seen all these uh, outstanding athletes doing it, and you're sort of becoming one yourself. Well, I wouldn't say I'm an outstanding athlete. I've been, I've been uh, concentrating on the mountain run, which is what uh, the biggest section for me. Uh, Steve Gurney does the first bike ride, uh, and I do the 33k mountain run. And so what I've been doing is climbing all the peaks of Banks Peninsula. There are 3,000 footers, or 1,000 metres tall, and I've been going from the sea to the sky, which is the same vertical that I'll have to climb to get over Goat Pass tomorrow. So I'm feeling pretty good about that.
and also, I suppose, you know, you've helicoptered from one side of the South Island to the other or driven or whatever, but you'd be unfamiliar, even though you're the expert on it, unfamiliar with, with parts of it, especially the mountain run. Well, no, no. I've done the event. I've done the course many times myself. I first did it in 1982 before the event took place. Uh, it took me 22 and a half hours to do the whole thing. Um, but I've never actually competed in the race. I've done the uh, mountain run five times and the um, and the kayaking five times and the cycling sections. I've done them all a couple of times each. But this is actually the first time I've actually competed in the race itself. And and the reason I can do that now is because we have such a great, really good team of. Um, of officials that can uh, that control the race for me, and someone like Steve obviously can help you along, give you advice, tell you what to watch out for. Oh yeah, no, Steve's been good to train with. I mean, uh, he really pushes me uh, quite hard, actually, and um, he's real character, of course, funny as. Uh, now we've had a really good time leading up to this, and I must say we've got through without even uh, falling out, which is pretty good. So are you excited, apprehensive? How are you feeling? Oh, apprehensive as hell. I mean, normally I get, uh, you know, pretty queasy coming up to the event anyway as the race director, but uh, this last week's been pretty shocking, really. <laughs> multiple multiple visits to the toilet, I'll tell you, every day for the last few days. But feeling very good this morning. We've got the most brilliant weather forecast for the weekend, and I'm standing out now at, uh, at, uh, at the airport just about to get onto a helicopter to fly out to the coast, and everywhere I look there's not a cloud in the sky and it is fantastic we've got plenty of water in the river and a really strong field huge field of internationals this year and uh no it's looking like really good i don't think we're going to win our section but it's going to be pretty tight pretty tough and uh, no doubt you'll get plenty of words of encouragement of those that are, are around you perhaps so while you're competing oh yeah yeah and i expect everybody to pass me in the in the mountain run but i expect to past four people as well <laughs> I will hopefully overtake four of them somebody always has to bend down to do up a shoe When did you first uh, take control of this event? I first came up with the concept in 1980 and then did the practice run in 1982 and then the first event took place in 1983 so this is the 29th event uh, that I've been the race director at Yeah, looking forward to the 30th next year as well <laughs> Will you compete again do you think? I'm not sure. I'll wait and see how I feel after this weekend. You know, it's pretty... Uh, I've enjoyed the training, I must say. Uh, I was actually even tempted to think about doing the whole thing because one of the things I really, really used to enjoy was kayaking. I was a kayak instructor way back in the early 80s, and so that was actually what I was really good at. I'm not much good at running. I'm hopeless at running, and, and the cycling is no, doesn't, doesn't, doesn't do much for me. Judkins and Gurney are a couple of the almost 700 athletes from 15 countries taking part. This is Extra Time, a web-only sports program from Radio New Zealand Sport. The Super Rugby season gets underway next week in the new format with 15 teams taking part and the competition split into three conferences. It means the New Zealand teams will play home and away against the other New Zealand sides. There are two new head coaches about to debut, Jamie Joseph with the Highlanders and former Crusaders assistant Mark Hammett with the Hurricanes. Hammett will be without a couple of key players for the start of the season with halfback Piriwepu and flanker Carl Lowe not returning from operations until April. Barry Guy spoke with Hammett and asked him about the upcoming season. Really excited.
exciting time for me. The um, it, I, I suppose for me, I'm a, I'm a bit of a people's person, and, and we sort of spent the first five months here um, watching. And and, um, and while there were, were several conversations, there, there wasn't the the on-field work that um, that I suppose I really love. And, and as, as as most coaches are like, they, they want to get on field. So now, now we're we're into it. We are on field, and, um, and and we've got a great bunch of guys. And one rugby team's just like another, is it? I mean, your roots are firmly in Canterbury, but uh, coming to the uh, Hurricanes franchise now? Yeah, well, uh, they're not firmly in Canterbury anymore. We've we sold a house. We've bought a house here in Wellington. So um, so, we're, so we're firmly here. And, um, you know, I, I suppose for me, it's it's the guys you, you work with as opposed to um, provinces or franchises. So it's, I'm really excited about, about meeting these guys, teaching them new things. I'm sure they'll teach me new things at the same time. So it, it's it's um, it's been a good start. And uh, pretty much in New Zealand rugby, uh, everyone knows everyone else and, and, and how they play and the likes. So I assume that's you know continuing on. Yeah, well, that's a challenge for us coaches, isn't it? To be innovative and, and throw new things out each year, and um, and we, we have to study the game and um, and, and keep challenging. I, I know that that we get um, we get good tips from the from the All Blacks, and, and likewise, the All Blacks try and join us during campaigns so that they can um, that they can also upskill and, and and work out new things from what we're doing during our uh, Super Rugby um, campaigns. And how the players uh, reacted to you coming into the ranks now? Oh, well, I, I suppose you'd have to ask the players, to be quite honest. Um, look, they're, they're a really good bunch. I, I sort of set pretty clear expectations of, of what I want. Yeah, but they're not, they're not difficult. And, um, and as, as long as we, uh, we, we live those, those expectations, there'll never be any trouble. And, and, and everything's for the benefit of the team. It's not for the benefit of me. So, um, yeah, very much a, um, a, a me-we attitude. Uh, philosophically, is there, is there much difference because you know the way Canterbury Crusaders play to the expect the unexpected Hurricanes? Oh, look, we we want to get rid of that tag. To be quite honest, I uh, I, I, I want us to be consistent and um, and I want us to have a game plan that we can um, that, that we can play all forms of the game. You, you don't get through this competition and win this competition by just having having one one framework. There's certainly there's, there's basics. Um, of the game that, that we all need to be able to do, but, but we also need to be able to play a, a wide variety, whether it's close, wide, kicking game, or, or a physical game. And what about you making the step up to a super rugby franchise head coaching position now? What, what, what is that a challenge for you, or is it just another type of coaching position? Oh, it's a challenge, and, and that's what that's what I wanted. I was, I was absolutely um, keen on the challenge, and that's why I was, I was, I was stoked when I when I. Um, I got the role. Um, the the on-field challenge is, is a lot less difficult than the off-field challenge, and um, like every new role, it's um, it, it, it takes time to, to learn the role and grow in the role. And and um, you know, you, you even talk to your experienced head coaches; they're, they're still learning. We, we, we all are. So um, you know, I'll, I'll I'll fail in some areas and, and learn from them, and, um, and and be better better for them. Some key areas that you. Uh, but taking particular interest in it all, of course, uh, we had uh, in the Hurricanes region Aaron Cruden come on last year, and he's perhaps seen as needing to take another step this year. Yeah, look, everyone, um, you, you don't um, you don't win this competition with individuals. Um, yes, we've got some very good individuals within. So, in other words, they know their game well. They know they, they keep working hard to increase their ability, um, but. 
simply put, um, we we need to all up school. We we need to we need to bring the last up, and um, and, and the guys that are up have to have to lead and and have to um, and have to impart that knowledge on the on the guys that aren't quite there. Have you set yourself any targets? Look, look, not not from a um, not from a results point of view. I'm I'm very much driven around around performance and around um, uh, around our, our behaviours and culture. I suppose one of the big things I want to drive through the Hurricanes is that we we do have a culture that we're really proud of, and, and we're creating an environment which is which is one of excellence. So um, I, I suppose that that they're my initial goals. The four-time rowing world champion Mahe Drysdale has revealed he has arthritis but is adamant it won't derail his bid to win the only title that has eluded him so far, an Olympic single skulls gold. Drysdale struggled with disc problems last year and finished third at the world champs on Lake Karapiro. He told Stephen Hewson that while he's essentially recovered from that injury, his age and his training schedule over the last decade is catching up with him. My disc injury has, has certainly uh, improved, and and sort of you know we moved on from that, and and now I'm having a, a few little little issues. With, it's more just you know an age thing, and um, so I suppose you know it's it's wear and tear from from what uh, I've been doing to myself for the last ten years, and um, you know it's it's something that that's certainly manageable, and, and at the moment we're just in a process of of working out exactly um, the way that that I've got to be managed and. Um, you know, I, I suppose in, in some ways I'm I'm leading the field in in this area. Um, we don't have oh, well, I am the oldest athlete uh, in the program, and um, you know, when when you've been been under a, a system as hard as ours for this long, you know, there's always going to be little niggles that come along. So, you know, there's there's things like um, just just uh, looking at alternative methods of training um, to try to to deal with with these little issues, and I know that's that's the way that. You know, a lot of the overseas uh, older athletes um, do it. Um, you know, they they have to do a lot more cross training and and a little less rowing. Um, you know, just just because their bodies can't can't take the punishment. So, you know, I think I think that's um, something we're working on, and and it's an evolving thing. But um, you know, I'm I'm back in the boat training, and uh, you know, I've just uh, well, I'm going to be uh, racing at the national champs, and that'll be my first. Uh, racing this year but um yeah looking forward to to getting back out there and and you know hopefully the road ahead for me is uh, going to be a lot lot easier than it has been for the last uh, 12 months so it's going to be a case of i suppose more or more careful management you said you're over the, the disc problem but what what's the sort of the general niggles is that a bit of arthritis creeping in yeah well, yeah in simple terms it's yeah a little bit of arthritis and and uh, you know it's it's basically been caused by that disc um is now Slightly uh, smaller than it was, um, which is is then uh, meaning the the bones are are rubbing on each other, and and you know it's it's uh, it's it's painful. It's not it's not hugely painful, um, but um, you know when when I try to do a, a full week of uh, of rowing, um, obviously everything starts to build up, and 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 then that sort of causes me uh, quite a lot of a lot of problems and. So yeah, it's, it's just a matter now of, of as we go forward, um, trying to manage that. And you know, the the doctors are, are confident that that you know maybe it's it, it might start to hurt me now. And and as I, I move on, and as I I've got to do a lot of uh, sort of rehab and and build up other muscles, which will hopefully take um, some of the strain. And um, obviously also those ligaments and and things in my back will will strengthen up over time. And um, you know when that happens, then. Uh, 
then hopefully I'm not going to have so many problems with it and, and you know, I'll be able to get into more and more uh, like a normal program. But, um, yeah, it's, it's something we've, we've got to look at going forward. And obviously if I, I go beyond uh, 212, then um, <clears throat> might have to look at the way, you know, some of the Aussies do it, um, where they, they either have a, a year away from rowing or um, and go and do other other things. Um, or, you know, I go to a, a sort of another program and, and uh, get my body into my late 30s. So, yeah, we'll see how we go. I suppose the uh, the upside might be that the cross training provides a bit of uh, mental freshness as well. Um, yeah, definitely, and um, yeah, I, I suppose from from a point of view, we we probably do more rowing than than any other country in the world, um, and that that's just uh, pure semantics. You know, half the half the world's frozen uh, for three to four months a year, so they're not rowing at that time. Um, and uh, and then when they they are rowing, they're they're not quite doing the, the intensity that that we're used to. So, you know, there's there is uh, obviously a lot of different ways to do things, and um, and you know, it's it's just a matter of of really uh, using our program. And as I say, it's it's quite new ground because you know we've uh, most athletes in New Zealand retire around about the the age of thirty, um, and obviously now with the way the sport's been set up and. Uh, with Spark funding athletes and, and things like that, it's, it's starting to to become uh, the athletes are, are able to go on for longer, and and obviously it's going to be something that's going to have to evolve. And um, you know, I know like the men's pair, for example, last year um, were cross training uh, once a day and, and only rowing once a day, um, again to to manage an injury of of uh, Hamish Bond, who is suffering from rib rib problems. So you know, there, there is uh, sort of precedence, and and it seems to to still be able to be successful. And the national rowing champs begin on Lake Ruatanifa near Twizel on Tuesday. That's the show for this week. Feedback is welcome via sport at radionz.co.nz. You can get the latest sports news anytime on our website, while we'll be back with the next web-only Extra Time show next week. I'm Joe Porter. Bye for now. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.